Welcome to the Cowie Baptist Church podcast. To learn more about Cowie, including in our gathering times, visit us online at cowie.church. Enjoy the message. And thank you so much to all of you that uh, allowed us to be part of your family's lives this week in Vacation Bible School and uh, just incredible conversations around the gospel that uh, we were blessed to have with, uh, with your kids, and we just pray that many seeds uh, that were planted will just continue to be uh, nourished and grow and grow and grow. Uh, we are grateful for all of you that uh, volunteered and just served uh, these kids this week. We had a, just an incredible week uh, just coming together around uh, His Word and just working to declare uh, that Jesus is our strong foundation. Uh, many of you may have seen uh, that we are uh, working to put some efforts together to go and uh, help out our neighbors over in Haywood County. Uh, so if you're on our email list, you may have uh, seen some information about that. Uh, but we have uh, some folks in our church, uh, Jim and Cindy Schick, are working with uh, Samaritan's Purse over in Haywood County, and so they're heading up some teams there. They work with Samaritan's Purse Disaster Relief. Uh, by the way, if you uh, are following along in uh, the church app, you can see contact information there uh, or on our website so we can uh, connect uh, you with some information on how to be part of those teams, some phone numbers there. Uh, with the Samaritan's Purse Group, you can serve for a half a day. Uh, they begin at like 7.30, and you can serve a half a day uh, or come in at 7.30 a.m., 12.30 uh, p.m. and work a half day or full days or all week. There's a lot of different ways you can uh, serve there. Uh, there's a group from Baptist on Missions that's being headed up by Gary Holland that uh, is working over in Haywood County as well, and so there's some contact information uh, for him. We have a, a group that will be leaving uh, after church today that will be going and mucking out some houses and uh, beginning some work there today. So if, uh, if you'd like to connect in, with some of those teams, uh, another uh, part of our church, Mike Johnson, is serving as a, a feeding coordinator the last part of the week for uh, mission efforts there, and so uh, there's not a, as much need in that area, but there is a need for a couple of people to come in and out of that group that he is serving with, so um, opportunities there uh, to make a difference as well. So if you're looking for a way uh, to put love in action and just to engage there, you'll see some pictures of uh, just the the flooding and some of the damage that uh, took place over in uh, Haywood County, and so uh, just a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of impact there. And uh, be praying for them, and praying also that uh, as uh, folks serve there, that uh, the gospel might go forth, and that the Lord might use even uh, these difficult storms in a way uh, that would allow the gospel to go forth and lives to be changed. So consider being part of that. This week, if you have any questions uh, at all, please uh, don't hesitate to, uh, to ask us, and we'll, we'll connect some more uh, dots there. I uh, do want to take a moment and just pray uh, for our neighbors over in Haywood, pray for the, the uh, teams that will be working there. I know our, our local fire department's been doing a lot of work uh, with supplies uh, at the Cowie Fire Department. Appreciate Dustin and all that uh, group, and I know some of you have brought uh, things that we'll be delivering this week as well, so thank you for that. Uh, also in this uh, prayer time, would love for you to just uh, specifically pray, pray for uh, Dawn Trammell. Dawn is over at Mission, and uh, this week Kelly's kind of been 
all over the place with uh, continuing serving here at, at BBS and leading that and then also driving back and forth. And uh, just remember, Dawn, she's been over there uh, a good portion of this week, and there's a lot of tests, a lot of things that are going on uh, there uh, today to try to determine a little more of what's going on uh, with her. But let's, um, let's pray together, and then we'll jump in this morning. Father, we're grateful. Lord, that we can approach the very throne room of heaven, God, not because of our good, Lord, but because of uh, the blood of Christ, Lord, because of the righteousness of Christ, Lord, that has been given to us, Lord, through salvation, Lord, we can, uh, we can come and we can let our requests be made known to you. Uh, Father, we lift up our neighbors over in Haywood County, Lord, and those uh, around them, Lord, that have been impacted by the storms, Lord, we pray, God, that you would uh, provide their needs, Lord, we pray that maybe there's even those that are uh, or that are wondering and questioning and God may be asking where you're at in the midst of storm. God, I pray that your people, God, as they uh, serve them, Lord, as they love them, Lord, as they work, and Lord, I pray, God, that you would allow them to see you, God, that we might be the hands and feet of Christ, Lord, those that uh, are serving there today, Lord, I pray that you would uh, be working uh, in advance, Lord, to, uh, to, to prepare hearts, Lord, for uh, gospel encounters, Lord, and that you might use, Lord, the proclamation of your word, Lord, to produce faith and, Lord, to allow uh, some to pass from death to life. Lord, we pray for Dawn Trammell today, Lord. We just pray and ask for uh, your wisdom for the doctors that are working with her, Lord. We pray for Kelly and for uh, Mike and Jennifer and Eric, Lord, and all those as they travel uh, back and forth, Lord. We just ask you, Lord, for your, for your wisdom for the doctors, Lord. We know that you've given them gifts, Lord, and we thank you for that. But, Lord, we recognize that you are the great physician. So, Father, we pray for your healing touch for her. Lord, we ask uh, just you to work in a way, uh, Lord, that would uh, bring you glory and be for her good. Lord, we pray for every person that's gathered here today. Lord, every child, every, uh, every parent, every adult, Lord, every, uh, every person under the sound of my voice. Lord, I pray, God, that we could be a people who are battle-ready, Lord, who are God-prepared, uh, Lord, in, in the midst of this crazy world, in the midst of brokenness, Lord, to declare the good news of who you are. Uh, God, I pray, Lord, that if there's any that don't know you, uh, Lord, that today you might uh, allow your word, God, to penetrate their heart, God, that in the power of your spirit, God, that you might draw them to repentance, Lord, and that we might see uh, people uh, come to know you as their Lord and their Savior. Father, we love you. We thank you for loving us, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, we've been walking through this series, uh, Surviving in the Wild, and in these last few weeks, these last couple of weeks, we've been looking at this uh, section of Scripture in Ephesians chapter number 6 uh, that many of you are familiar with. It talks about putting on the whole armor of God. I want to read uh, just a few verses uh, this morning from Ephesians 6, and uh, if you'll take your copy of God's Word and turn there, we'll begin in verse 10, and we're going to read uh, from verse 10 to 18, and just look at this whole passage, and then we're going to focus on a couple of pieces of armor this morning. And, and I believe as, as I've read this passage and as I've just, just marinated this week on the Word of God, uh, the verses that we're going to look at today in specific just remind me that these are the kind of things that prepare us for battle, that allow us to go into the midst of this world where we know that there's a battle going on, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, right? That we know there's a spiritual battle going on and that we can walk into that confident knowing that 
uh, in the power of his might that we fight from victory. So let's begin in verse 10. Scripture says this, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. We're going to lean into those last two verses today. We're going to spend some time looking at those verses. Now, when I uh, was a freshman in college, I made a, maybe not the wisest decision. Now, some of you have seen me come in uh, with injuries from falling off a trampoline, with skateboard injuries, with all kinds of different things that Uh, that you look at and go, I can't believe he did that, right? Well, my parents were used to that long before uh, these times. I I was a freshman in college, and just before uh, that freshman year began, a group of guys at Western, we decided that, you know what, there would be, we we could really have some fun. We were all high school football players. We enjoyed uh, playing ball together, and and fact is, we had played against each other, a lot of us. We had uh, known each other from, from different sides of the field. And so we said, you know what, let's go out and play some ball together. It seemed like a wonderful idea. And so there we are. And how many people, how many guys and gals in here played some backyard football, right? Raise your hand, right? We got several people in here. How many people have been injured in some backyard football? Yeah, well, this day, I, we, we, we were playing, things were going good, and we were all in. We decided just to go ahead and play full tackle football, and so here we are, and we're, we're doing some of that. Things are going pretty well, and all of a sudden, I'm running the ball as fast as I can, which may not be very fast, but it's as fast as I can go, and so I'm moving on down uh, the field there. A guy hits my legs, and another guy was coming in and diving to make just a nice tackle at my legs, but because my legs had kind of went this way, my head was in the perfect spot where uh, the forehead of uh, this guy ended up hitting right here in the corner of my face. Now, in those moments, you are not, I mean, you're playing backyard football, so you're not whining, you're tough, you're going in. I do remember being dazed for a minute and just kind of like, man, that was a pretty good smack and kind of waking up uh, to a friend of mine from Robbinsville that was there and he looks at me and he says, well, first, he's, he's like, are you okay? You know, and I'm kind of rolling over, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm good, man. I, I'm good. I'm ready. And, and I can remember a group of people all around looking at me and going, oh, no, you're not. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. And they're like, oh, no, 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 we're going to the hospital. We are on the way to the hospital. I'm like, no, just give me a minute. I'll be okay. And they're like, oh, no, no, no. No, you won't. You will not be okay. And so in those moments, like, I'm having to uh, call my mom and say, I'm, I'm kind of on the way to the hospital. I look in the mirror in the in the car there, they were driving really fast to get me there. Evidently freaked them out more than it did me. But I'd broken this bone, this bone, and this bone. And so this side of my face, the part where your cheekbone sticks out, it didn't stick out anymore. It was caved in, right? And so maybe not the best idea. Now, I, I have learned a little bit like that I shouldn't have had that much confidence, right? Because 
uh, in those moments, it was kind of numb to be out there without a helmet on. Uh, there's a lot of things that protect our heads. Some of the kids from uh, VBS had asked that I might put this on. I wore this uh, as part of the week. Now, it's amazing how much hair uh, helps with your head, right? I, for you bald guys in the room, you know you kind of like beat up all the time, right? So um, this, uh, this is my basketball playing uh, hair, and so that works out pretty good, but it protects a little bit. I, I borrowed from uh, one of our Panthers here uh, a helmet today. Now, how about those Panthers Friday night? Wow, yeah, I guess. Yeah, pretty exciting right there. Now, you can take pretty much any kid in this room and maybe even any dad in this room, and you can put that helmet on them, and they'll run into that wall over there just because they can't help it. Like, it's just... Like, I mean, we just can't. It's like, it, there's a confidence all of a sudden when we have on uh, our helmet, right? And, and, and we're going to look today, as we look at the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, I, I believe those are, are these two pieces of armor that give uh, believers confidence in the battle, right? That we can be battle ready. Now, we've seen for years that this is the case. I found a video uh, from, I believe it was in the 30s, uh, of, you know, the helmets have progressed a little bit. Now they've got like these little spots here that help you from getting like a mush head. I think that may have happened to me. Um, not really sure how much injury uh, with heads have, have impacted people, but, but they've grown, right, in, in quality and protection. But here you can check out how they were progressing along. In an attempt to prevent fatal injuries in football, I have invented this new type football helmet which I believe will do much to rid the game of fatalities. The inventor sure has faith in his helmet, for he's going to try it out himself. And now watch him take it, right on the old beam. <laughs> Get him again, boy. Oi, boy. Ha, like my mother-in-law, isn't it? <laughs> the budding test, but it never gets his goat. He actually seems to enjoy it. Seriously, though, this helmet should prevent severe injuries. I don't know. So, you know, there's a good reason for confidence in some of these spots. I'm not sure about that guy uh, there. But, but in the midst of this battle, when we read uh, this passage, we're... Uh, picturing in th these days the armor that Paul would refer to in Ephesians 6, there would have been arrows and swords and axes and all kind of things coming in. In those moments, this helmet would have been even more important. And the reality is without it, unless you were not real smart, you're probably not running into battle. And if you don't have it, you're not going to last very long. As we think about these verses, Ephesians 6 verse 17 says, and take the helmet of salvation. I want to give you just three kind of truce as we walk through this today, as we think about being battle ready, as we think about going out, right, as we've been sent on mission for the glory of his name, as we uh, see our kids going in different places, in different schools, different uh, dynamics that, uh, that they are in, we recognize that all around us there's a spiritual battle that's going on. And battle ready believers, they're sure of their salvation. See, the confidence that we have in the battle comes from knowing who we are in Christ, coming, comes from knowing that we are uh, saved. And Satan, he loves to spread doubt and discouragement. He loves to keep us in uh, the midst of this, this battle, feeling defeated, feeling uh, like we're not good enough, feeling 
like we don't stand a chance in the midst of this battle, feeling like uh, maybe even questioning whether or not we are uh, believers. And so we want to, uh, if we're going to engage in the mission of Christ, we're not going to do that unless we're confident in our salvation, unless we're confident knowing that uh, the grace of God has impacted our life and that his love and forgiveness has been extended uh, to us. First John chapter 5 says this, He says, these things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you might know that you have eternal life. The verses just before that says this is, and the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life and he who does not have the Son does not have life. This week as we've been sharing with students, as we've been sharing with kids, that we've talked about this reality, that it is uh, by faith alone in Christ alone that we uh, are saved, that it is uh, a response to the gracious uh, gift of God, that we repent of our sins and uh, believe the gospel, right, that we, uh, that we believe by faith in the work that Jesus, his work on the cross, not anything that we uh, have done. We, we believe, right, we see uh, in this passage, 1 John uh, 5, 1 says, whoever believes that Jesus is the that Jesus is the Christ, is born of God, and whoever loves the Father loves the child born of him. And so we uh, talk about believing and placing our faith in Jesus, right? And uh, when we think about those things, we believe in the God of the Bible, right? We hear people say, well, you know what? We believe in Jesus, or there are these, uh, there are even religions, right, that would uh, that would talk about believing in Jesus, but, uh, but some religions that, that would say that don't believe in the deity of Christ or the sonship of uh, Jesus, his divine sonship, right? And we understand that we are uh, believing in the God of the Bible, and we trust in the promises of God that, that Jesus, uh, who existed eternally with the Father, that, that he stepped out from the glories of heaven, that he was born into the midst. We've talked this week about the brokenness of this world and how uh, in, in God's goodness and his grace that Jesus entered into the midst of brokenness, that he was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, was placed uh, on a cross and died uh, in our place uh, in atonement for our sins a substitutionary uh, death in our place and placed in a bar tomb on the third day rose from the grave. We talk about the gospel and what Jesus has done in our place and we trust in the promises of God, right? If you are a follower of Jesus Christ and you have repented of your sin and placed your faith in him, you've repented and believed, we trust in the promises of God. We trust that God's word is true. We trust that, that by faith that we are saved. We trust in the promises of God. We love and we obey as a result of what God does in our lives. Look at First uh, John chapter 3, verse, 24, uh, verse 23 and 24. Scripture says this, This is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another just as he commanded us. The one who keeps his commandments abides in him and he in him. We know by this that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. Right? We see as a result of uh, our salvation, as a result of trusting uh, in Christ and believing the gospel, as a result of that, we see that our lives are changed by the gospel. We see that there's a difference in our lives, right? We, we see that he says the one who keeps his commandments, the one uh, who uh, loves, right? We see this, this change in our 
lives. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature, that old things are passed away and all things become new. Now, this is not uh, perfection. This is not saying that we never mess up, that we never go the wrong direction, but we can see evidence in our life, right? And we see uh, that evidence in the way that we love. We see that evidence that we have a love for God, right? If we have uh, faith in Christ, if we've been born again into the family of God, we have a love for God. We have a love for uh, the church, right? We have a love uh, for God's people. We have a love even for those who are lost. And, and he says that we have the one who keeps his commandments, abides in him, and he in him, and we know this by this, that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. Romans 8, 16 uh, would give us this evidence, right, that the testimony of the Holy Spirit to our spirit in our lives testifies to us that we are children of God. Romans eight sixteen says that the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of of God. Now, we're not talking about perfection, but our life is moving in the direction of following Jesus, right? That's what repentance is, a turning away from our way and a turning to him. And as, as we examine our lives, right, we should see evidence of Christ on the inside. And we can know, Scripture, First John says, I've written these things that you might know that you have eternal life. And as, as followers of Jesus Christ, we need to nail that down. Now, I don't want to coming in my heart is not to cast doubt in people's lives about their salvation, but I read scriptures. Matthew 7 says that there's going to be many that come in that day and say, Lord, Lord, did we not do all these things in your name? Did we not prophesy? Did we not do all these things? And he's going to say, depart from me, workers of iniquity, I never knew you. And so there's this reality. Uh, as Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, he said, examine yourselves as to whether ye be in the faith. And we need to look at our lives. We need to say, you know what, has there been a, and I'm not asking you if you repeated a prayer in a vacation Bible school when you were little. I'm not asking you those kind of questions, but has there been a time in your life where you've repented of your sins and surrendered your life to Christ, where you've believed in him? We think about the word believe. Uh, this week, little Addie Hicks, we had her up on uh, stage in the traditional sanctuary, and I had her get up very high, and her dad was in the room, and, and I asked Addie, I said, do you believe that your dad uh, is able to to catch you. And she said, oh yeah, my dad's strong. My dad's all these things about him. She, I know that he would, uh, that he would catch me because I know the character of my dad's basically what she was saying. And I said, you really believe that? And she said, yeah, I believe that, right? And I said, well, prove it. How can you show me that you believe that? And Addie just jumped with everything she had, right? Because there was just this full trust and surrender knowing that her dad was there, knowing and believing, right? And when we think about, Scripture says that even the the demons believe and tremble, right? That we can know facts about Jesus. We can know those kind of things. But there's this picture of surrender, right, to Christ, that, that we uh, turn from our sin. That it results in, in just this repentance in our life, and, and it's a change of direction. So we need to nail that down. The second thing is what we're going to see in this passage is that battle-ready believers, they're sure of their salvation, but they wield the Word of God. They wield the Word of God. We think about this uh, sword of the Spirit, right, the Scripture says, which is the Word of God. Our weapon in this war, in this battle that we are in, is the Word of God empowered by the Spirit of God. It is the weapon that we have. My, my little boy, while we were uh, traveling here uh, recently, got a new pocket knife, and it was interesting to see. It was a pocket knife that he could open quickly with one hand, and when he had that pocket knife in his pocket, all of a sudden we were out around some other folks, and I saw him like with his pocket over there, and he's like ready. You know, it's like he had a new 
confidence, right? Like he was like, oh, there, there's all these people around there. And something about uh, having a weapon, right, gives us confidence in the battle. It gives us confidence when we're in the world. And, and what we see in the midst of this passage is that we have confidence knowing uh, who we are in Christ, knowing that our salvation is secure, that Satan uh, is unable uh, to do anything to change that, right? That, that we look in these this reality, right? We know that we are in Christ. And then we have this weapon in the midst of this battle, the Word of God. And, and this weapon is empowered by the Spirit of God. It says that, that this, uh, this reality, right, that we, that we have this weapon. And those of us who have this weapon in the Word of God have, been, have experienced the power of that weapon in our own lives, right? It's the Word of God that cuts through and, and, and reveals the condition of our hearts so that we would repent and believe the gospel and be given a new heart, right? And, and we experience that, and somehow we forget the power that we have in the Word of God. The, the greatest weapon that we have is many times not being used in the lives of believers because somehow we have believed the culture instead of the truth of God's Word. Somehow we have believed uh, the lies of Satan, and we've believed uh, the, the a culture that says that this is no good, a culture that says that the Word of God is outdated, a culture that says, hey, you know what, it's not relevant anymore, uh, a culture that might say, you know what, it's not true, uh, the lies of the enemy that would say, you know what, young people, if you go to school and you wield this weapon, right, if you go in there and you live different than this world and you declare the Word of God and you speak the Word of God and you engage and share the Word of God, that you're going to lose friends, that you're going to lose popularity, and there may be some of those things that can be true. There may be consequences of that, but blessed are you when you're persecuted for righteousness' sake, right? Many of us, we think, you know what, oh, this is going on in my life and I'm being persecuted. Very few of us have been persecuted for righteousness' sake, but the reality is that when we proclaim the good news of the gospel, Scripture says, blessed are you when you are persecuted in that way. But, but the reality is that the Word of God is powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. You might think, you know what, what if it drives my friends away? What if it sends them further away? Can I remind you that there is no, uh, either they are in Christ or, uh, or in brokenness. And, and the reality is that you can't drive them any further away. I hear people say, you know, I don't know about sharing with my family member. I don't know about what if it drives them further away. They can't get any further away. And, and it is through the Word of God that He has uh, chosen to, uh, to reveal uh, and, and create faith in the lives of people, right? We take the Word of God and we proclaim the gospel. We speak it. It brings light into darkness. It, it creates faith. Romans ten seventeen says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. How do we wield this weapon, right? We read it. We, we, we learn the Word of God. We read the Word of God. We ruminate on the Word of God. I use the word marinate a lot, and somebody gave me a new word one day. They were like, I like the word ruminate. And so we ruminate. It's this picture of meditating, right? It's this picture of us leaning in in that way. Psalms 1, uh, verses 1 through 3 would give us just this picture of, of this delight in the law of the Lord, right? That we are in His law, that we're meditating day and night, that we ruminate on that, that we recite His Word. Uh, th this Word that's used in this passage is rhema, and it's this picture of the spoken Word of God, and that we should soak in the Word of God, that we might read the Word of God, that we might meditate on the Word of God, and that we might allow the Word of God to get into us, that we might meditate on it, that we might memorize it, that we might recite it, that we might share the good news of the gospel, that we might have it in us. 
Now, when we were in Clarkston, there was an intern that was there, and she would pull out these little cards and all of a sudden just ask somebody that was around her and say, hey, would you go over these with me? And she had just been memorizing this stack of Bible verses. She would just hand it to some random person that was there and say, hey, would you, would you help me with this? And they would just quote those back and forth. And I thought, man, well, well you know, we are the body of Christ, and we are uh, together encouraging one another. And when we read these passages, they're written in the plural, right, that we would together as the body of Christ put on the full armor of God. And we should be spurring one another along, right? Hebrews 10.25 says we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, but we're to spur one another along and encourage one another along. And we're to engage with one another. And, and we should have gospel conversations with one another every single day. That should be part of our lives as we walk as in fellowship with other believers. We should have gospel conversations. It should not be weird for one of us to pull out a stack of cards and say, hey, help me memorize those and let me get yours. What would it look like if we said, you know what, our, our lives, we recognize that we have a sword, that we have a weapon in this battle, and, and we've got to get this into us, and we would take that seriously. We would see when Jesus was tempted by Satan, right, in Matthew 4, we see him respond, what, with, with quoting Scripture. It is the spoken word of God that we swing. It's the spoken word of God. When we see the enemy flee, when we see these things, this word, right, is this, this, this rhema, this, this proclamation of the word. We proclaim it so that the lost might uh, hear the good news of the gospel, but it is proclaimed in the lives of believers, and it is the power of the Spirit, right? When it is empowered by the Spirit, it gives us strength. It fuels our faith. So how do we take the helmet of salvation? How do we uh, wield this sword? How do we engage in this battle? And the next verses give us an uh, indication of that. There's these two commands, and then these verses tell us how we do that, right? That we, that we use this weapon that God has given us that gives all the armor power, this weapon that provides power for us to fight against the enemy, the, this weapon that empowers everything, right? And it is this this gift that God has given us that we can pray to him. And so battle-ready believers, they are sure of their salvation. They're confident in who they are in Christ. Battle-ready believers, they are wielding the word of God as a weapon in their lives. They're, they're taking the word of God in, and they are dependent on him in prayer. They, these battle-ready believers, they are covered in prayer. They fight on their knees before they stand, as they stand, and, here, and thereby are given the strength to stand. We we see in verse 18, it says, with all prayer and petition, we pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. Listen, we see this battle fought by the faithful, uh, persistent prayer of followers of Jesus Christ. I heard a story about this guy who was a fisherman and he'd gone out with his buddies and all of a sudden their boat was taken in water and he professed to be a believer. I hadn't been in church in a long time, and boat's taken in water. They're afraid this boat's going to sink, and his buddies are looking at him. They said, hey, listen, Johnny, you're going to have to pray, right? You're going to you're gonna have to talk to the Lord like, like you're, the, you're a Christian, right? And he says, listen, I haven't been to church in forever. I haven't been praying in forever. I'm not even sure uh, what to do and all that. And I said, listen, you've got to pray. We're going to sink. He says, I'm kind of scared. I don't know what to say, but he said, I I'll pray. And so he prays, bows his head, and he says, Lord, he said, I hadn't talked to you in 15 years. I ain't asked nothing of you in 15 years. He said, if you'll just let us live through this, he said, I won't ask you for anything else for 15 more. And sometimes this characterizes the lives of, 
uh, people who profess to be followers of Jesus Christ. Unless something, unless the bottom falls out in our life, right? Unless there's this dire need, then, then we just ignore this gift that we have to be able to approach the very throne room of heaven. And, and it was the cross of Christ that enabled us to be able to do that. The righteousness of Christ that's been given to us that allows us to, to approach his throne. And, and we pray at all times for all the saints. That's what the scripture says here. We pray through our positive moments. We pray through the, the negative times in our life, through the difficult things, through our pain, through our problems. As natural as air is to our lungs to breathe, in the life of a follower of Jesus Christ, prayer should be that kind of of part of our life every day. And it comes as an overflow, right, of us being in the Word of God, of us praying the Word of God, of us having the Word of God meditating in our lives, of us having this attitude and heart of prayer. We read this this command, right, that we're to pray without ceasing, right, this attitude, this heart that we would have, and, and it keeps us plugged into the purposes of God. He responds to this this persevering prayer of the saints of God, and it gives us strength to stand in the midst of this battle, right? It gives us peace. We're called to let our requests be made known to God, right? The Scripture says, be anxious for nothing but in everything with prayer and supplication to let our requests, and and with thanksgiving, right? We don't want to forget that. We come and we're grateful for the, the blessings and the gifts that God has given us. We let our requests be made known to God. And the Scripture says that the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ. Jesus, we lift our prayers to the Father. We, we receive not peace by being removed from all the storms, but we receive peace in the midst of all these storms. We proclaim the Word of God. God releases right through the prayers of His people. God in His sovereignty, right, in, in ways that make my mind just go boom, right, that God limits His power to the prayers of His people because He desires to use us as part of His plan. And as we pray, God unleashes His power and He, he allows th- this world, right, to experience the gospel as it is proclaimed and the Word of God is declared and people are transformed by His power and He receives all the glory, right? And sometimes prayer may not change all of our situations, but it changes us and God conforms us to His will in these moments. And here's the truth. We are no greater than our prayer life. Individually, we are no greater than our prayer life. As a church, as a faith family, we will be no greater than our prayer life. We tend, Oswald Chambers says, to use prayer as a last resort, but God wants it to be our first line of defense. We pray when there's nothing else we can do, but God wants us to pray before we do anything at all. At all times, for all the saints, with perseverance, this intentionality of prayer. One pastor said, hey, it's not that we don't want to pray. It's that we don't plan to pray. It's that we don't plan to do that, to set a time and a place that we would be alone with God, that we would pray, and the rest of our life will flow from that. And how would it look if we were serious about the Word of God and we were spurring one another along and said, hey, where are you reading? What are you doing? And then maybe the greatest question that we could ask one another is, how can I be praying for you. What a question that we could ask one another, that we could ask the people that we encounter in stores and cash registers and restaurants and places all around, how can I be praying for you? And then do it right in those moments, right? We ought to be little pockets of the kingdom of God. That's the way we're, we are the, the temple of the Holy Spirit. And as we go on mission for the glory of his name, there ought to be pockets of, of just the beauty of the gospel being poured out in our lives as we pray for one another. We ought to see us just in those kind of ways because God, and we should pray bold prayers, right? That God would, would, would show up in the midst of these situations and that he would be glorified and that he would be magnified. How can I pray for 
you. We're going to have an opportunity here in just a few minutes for all of you to have uh, a prayer card to be able to uh, take a student's name, a, a card that's been prepared that has a student, uh, their name, their grade, their school. Uh, you're going to be able to pick those up uh, at the entrances as you leave today. And I want to challenge you to daily to commit to saying, you know what, there's going to be a time and a place that I'm going to lift up this student, that I'm going to that I'm going to pray for them, that I'm going to ask God for his protection, for his provision. And, and as we see, if we were reading on in this passage, we'll see that Paul's prayer uh, that he asked the, the Ephesian church to pray for him was a prayer for boldness, right? If we look at, at verse 19, we see that pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. It is hard to be a young person these days and to stand for Jesus Christ. It is hard, but I want to tell you something. When you look around, you are not alone, right? There are others that are around you, and there are other believers that are around you, but I want to remind you that if you, this is so important reason that we are sure of our salvation and that we understand that, that the Spirit is bearing witness that we're uh, part of the family of God because with God, you are never the minority. With God, you are never alone. And, and it may be that our prayers for these students, that they might with boldness proclaim the gospel, right? That, that they would have uh, just this, this courage to do that, that they might speak boldly as they ought to speak, and that God might use that, right, to transform lives because it is the spoken word of God that we might proclaim uh, the truth of the gospel, that we might proclaim his word, that we might pray we might lean in and that we might stand firm in the strength of his might and God will do unimaginable things among us. When we get serious about being in his word, serious about being before his throne in prayer and serious about proclaiming the gospel, God will work in incredible ways in our families, in our church, and in this world. I want to give us an opportunity here in a moment just to, to pray for one another um, we're going to close a little different um, this morning, but I want to ask you just to, just to, to go into a time of, of just reverent uh, prayer, just a time where you bow your head and close your eyes. We're going to um, I want to pray for you all, and then I want to give you an opportunity to pray for some special people uh, in the room and in our community. Um, maybe you're here this morning and you, uh, you would just say, you know what, I, I'm not sure that I've ever been saved. I'm not sure of my salvation. And the very first thing that we talked about today, just this helmet of salvation, you'd say, you know what, I'm not sure there's ever been a time in my life where, uh, where I've been born again, where, uh, where I've repented of my sin and trusted Christ for salvation. And I want you to pray for me. I'm not going to embarrass you or do anything. I just want to pray for you. Uh, but if that's you and you say, you know what, I, I want you to pray for me uh, that I can nail that down. I'm not sure of uh, my salvation this morning. And I, I, I just want to confess that. Um, if that's you, would you just lift your hand where you're at? And I just want to pray for you this morning. You'd say, I'm not sure of my salvation, and I want you to pray for me this morning. Thank you so much. Any, anybody else just say, you know what, that's, that's where I'm at. I just want to be honest. I'm, I don't know that I've ever trusted Christ for salvation, and I just want you to pray for me. Thank you. Maybe you're here and you'd say, you know what, I'm, I'm in the midst of just a, a battle. I just feel like the, there's so much raging around and I've, I've neglected the word of God. I need uh, to lean in to that. And 
I know that I'm a Christian, but I've been just kind of lax in my time with the Lord and my being in the Word, being in prayer. And I want you just to pray for me this morning that, that God's Spirit will, will just work in a way in my life that I would be committed to that, that I would start differently as school starts back, maybe even over these kids. If you just say, you know what, I, I just want to be honest, I've neglected time with the Lord, and I want you to pray for me that uh, that would be a priority in my life. Thank you. I see hands in the back. Anybody else just say pray for me? Nobody else looking around. Just, just want to pray for you. Amen. Thank you. So many of you. I'll say just a couple of things to those that uh, just shared of, of their uh, just unknowing uh, about whether or not they've ever trusted Christ and been saved. I want to uh, encourage you um, just to take a few moments. We'd love to to sit with you and just look in the Word of God at what it means to be saved and how you can trust Him for salvation. It may be that you uh, that you understand the gospel, that you understand that because of our sin we are separated from a holy God and that there's nothing we could do to earn His, uh, his favor or His blessing and, and His salvation, that we could never be good enough in our own strength, but that if we would believe and trust in the finished work of the cross, that Jesus stepped out from the glories of heaven, that he lived a sinless life, that he died uh, in your place for your sin on the cross of Christ, that he was placed in a barred tomb, and on the third day uh, that he rose from the grave, he ascended into heaven and is at the right hand of the Father, and he offers, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me, uh, that you can come uh, only to the Father, the only way that you can be saved is through repentance and faith in Christ. And maybe you're here and you'd say, you know what, I'm ready to turn from my sin and trust Christ. Uh, you can uh, surrender your life even in these moments. We would love to, uh, to talk with you. We'd love to, to look and just look at God's word together. But I pray uh, this morning for uh, that group, Lord, that if, uh, if they don't know you, Lord, I pray that in the power of your spirit, God, that you might convict them of their sin, God, that they might recognize, Lord, that it was their sin, God, that, that Jesus died for on the cross of Christ, Lord, and that uh, because of their sin, they're separated from a holy God. But, Lord, I pray, God, that you would allow them, uh, Lord, to see your gracious gift and offer, Lord, of salvation, that it is by grace through faith that we are saved, Lord, and that they, uh, Lord, is, uh, Lord in, in humility and repentance, Lord, can approach your throne, God, and ask for forgiveness for their sin, Lord, to just repent and turn uh, from, from their sin, Lord, surrendering their life to you. Uh, Lord, I pray, God, that there might be people, even in this uh, moment, Lord, that would call on you in surrender, Lord. I pray you would give them boldness to, uh, to seek out, uh, Lord, someone to talk about, Lord, that they, uh, that they could know, Lord, from your word, uh, God, what it means to, to surrender to you, God, what it means to be saved and to be born again. Uh, Lord, we pray for those that, Lord, just uh, indicated this morning, Lord, that they, Lord, just recognizably, Lord, that in the midst of the busyness and the craziness of the world, Lord, that they've been neglecting time in your word, Lord, neglecting uh, time in prayer, Lord, and we all can find ourselves in those places, Lord, and we come, Lord, just asking you to forgive us, Lord, of, uh, Lord, there's the so many distractions, there's so many things that can uh, cloud our time with you, Lord, and we pray, God, that you would allow us, Lord, to be uh, God, just renewed in these moments, Lord, in the power of your spirit, God, that you might give us a hunger for your word like never before, Lord, that you might uh, allow believers in this room to spur one another along, Lord, that it might be normal conversation, Lord, that we uh, would talk about the gospel, that we would talk about 
uh, God, your word, Lord, that we would know where we're reading and what we're doing, Lord, and how uh, we can be praying for one another. Lord, I pray, God, that you would uh, encourage us, Lord, not in our own strength, Lord, but I pray, God, that your spirit, Lord, would, uh, would work in a way in our lives, Lord, that would cause us, Lord, just to seek you like uh, never before, like that we would, God, we would draw near to you, uh, Lord, and that you would draw near to us, Lord, and that you would use us for the glory of your name. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much for your love for us, Lord, and we pray, uh, God, for, uh, Lord, every, every family, Lord, every student, Lord, every person in this room, Lord, we ask for your blessing and your strength. Uh, Lord, we love you. We thank you for your love for us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Before we dismiss, I know Pastor Chris uh, had a, a special time of prayer over all of our students, but we have uh, a lot of uh, folks in our church that also serve in administration and teachers and uh, just in engaging uh, in our school system, maybe uh, homeschool moms uh, that are uh, going back uh, into uh, just teaching in this season. And we just want to recognize you and we want to ask uh, the Lord's blessing on you as we enter uh, this school year. So if you're a teacher or administering or a homeschool teacher, if you're uh, if you're in any of those spots, would you just stand up? We'd love to give you just a gift and just uh, recognize you this morning. So if that's you, if you're in our school system, would you, would you stand up uh, in these moments? If you're, and again, if you're uh, homeschool moms, homeschool dads, uh, those that are, are teaching and equipping, we uh, want to pray for you uh, as well this morning. And so you'll, if you'll just remain standing just a moment, you'll see those gifts coming. We appreciate all of you that are pouring into the lives of young people and uh, just the work that you do uh, day in, day out. We know that uh, it's crazy, and no matter kind of where you're at in the midst of those, uh, those things, that we're kind of in a crazy season, so we pray uh, for you. I'm going to pray just over uh, these, these parents and teachers, even... Um, in this moment, and then we'll uh, dismiss. Father, we're grateful, Lord, for those that, uh, Lord, are teaching uh, the next generation, Lord. Uh, Father, we thank you for uh, teachers that are in our school system, Lord, whether it be our public schools or whether it be in, in Trimont, Lord, and we thank you for those parents that are, uh, that are homeschooling their children, Lord. For the God, we know that each of those uh, situations, Lord, each of those uh, roles face different challenges, Lord, and we pray, God, that you would equip them, Lord, for the task that you have given them, Lord. We pray, God, that uh, you would allow the way that they live, Lord, that they would live the gospel in front of these students, Lord. We pray for open doors for the word of God to be proclaimed with boldness, Lord. We pray that you might use them uh, in such a way, Lord, that, uh, God, that disciples would be made, Lord, that you would uh, allow students to see uh, Christ in them, Lord, that they might be uh, just reflecting you to our schools, to our kids, to their kids, Father. And we pray, God, that you would uh, empower them by your Spirit, God, with, uh, God, with boldness, with clarity, with love. Lord, we pray for our schools and for our kids, for, Lord, for, for every place that's represented in this room. Lord, we pray, God, that you would allow the gospel to go forth in a greater way maybe than ever before this year. Lord, we pray for your protection, for your provision. Uh, Lord, and we pray for the power of your spirit, uh, God, to, to work in incredible ways. Lord, we pray for each of our 
of, of our folks, Lord, that you would uh, just fill them with the knowledge of your will in their lives, Lord, that they might have wisdom to walk, and Lord, that you might, uh, Lord, help them uh, to walk in the power of your spirit, God, to, uh, Lord, not just to put on uh, clothes that would uh, look good tomorrow, Lord, that would, um, for a first day of school for some, Lord, but God, that they would put on the armor of God, Lord, and that you would protect them, Lord, that the shield of faith would be up, Lord, that corporately, God, that we would lift them to you, Lord, that we would, uh, as your church, Lord, that we would put on the armor of God, Lord, so that we might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, Lord, that we might stand together, and Lord, that you might uh, do incredible things through uh, the prayers of your people, and Lord, through uh, those that are being sent out, Lord, to share and proclaim your gospel. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much for our love, your love for us, Lord, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.